Anchor FM is one of the best ways to make and distribute your podcasts. Their online creative tools can allow you to make your podcasts from home and on the go. Anchor will also help you get your podcast sponsored with no minimum listenership and help you make money while doing your podcast. And distribution is the easiest thing ever. I've used many different distribution sites. Anchor so far has been the best. And they can get you on every major distribution site out there. They can take your RSS feed, whether you're creating a new one or if you're just moving a show from another platform, sign up for Anchor at anchor.fm now. And when you get there, Make sure you pay attention to everything they tell you to do, and they'll help make your podcast great and help make you some money. Again, head on over to Anchor.fm now. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash Jump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meats at stayclassymeats.com, where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WideMenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter, at WideJump. Now, let's go to the flagship program, of this Wide Men Radio Network, here's Wide Men Can't Jump. Good day, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Wide Men Can't Jump. It's the day after Christmas, and if my dad were still alive today, my parents would have been married for 37 years. So congratulations to them, wherever they're both at. Actually, my mom's just in the other room, but congrats, my mom and dad. That would have been Nice little feat there. 37 years together. It's also Boxing Day somewhere a little north of here. Speaking of north, where it is Boxing Day from the great white north is Tim Dombrova, my co-host. Take off, eh, you hoser? (laughs) The show's brought to you by hosers. But no, How's it no, going, kids. Ah, living, How's it living, man, living. Tim and I haven't really been uh, in contact much the past few days with the holidays going on and everything. So it's really we are kind of catching up here today. Well, I gotta, I gotta show you a little, little something, something. Okay. Um, didn't happen in my direct neighborhood, thank God. There's been nine earthquakes. Oh my goodness! Off, off the coast of British Columbia in the last three days. Oh, good. Luckily, none of them big enough to do any, only in the six range on the Richter scale. But that's got to get a little bit irritating when every four hours the ground shakes and you shit your pants for a moment, and then they and then they tell you nothing to worry about. Ground's shaking. <laughs> Buildings nothing are moving. But nothing to see here. <laughs> like Officer yeah. Barbara, move along. Nothing to see here. <laughs> 
32 flaming buildings behind him. But nothing to see. Nothing to see here. Yeah, I just. It's crazy. Sorry for fucking the chickens. I won't do it anymore. (laughs) The bookmobile. Classic episode. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so uh, just crazy. A little bit because we got some uh, relates out that way. And they were. When we say earthquakes, we're not talking about John Tanta either. We're talking about actual earthquakes here. No, no, no. Yeah, not that little shaking of the ring stuff. But. But uh, speaking of uh, to segue, uh, oh no, 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 you're in charge. I'll just let you. I'll let you handle it. I'll start no, go right. ahead. You had a segue. Do it. I, I was going to segue that into uh, those uh, plummeting off the cliff of uh, California, sinking into the ocean. Uh, L.A. Lakers Clippers ratings that we got from the <laughs> Well, that's something that that we will dive into here in just a few minutes, but. Of course, the Christmas games were last night, and we, we do want to talk about that. The ratings were down uh, significantly. You had some numbers on that, did you not, Tim? Well, I believe it was the Lakers. The overall ratings, I believe, if I read it correctly, were down 25%. And the LeBron James game, which is the one that they consider to be the the big draw, was down 10% from the game he was in last year. So something's up with the NBA and somebody better wake up because they're, I mean, no comp, no competition. It's as good as it gets for not anything else being on TV to watch if you're a sports fan and they still took a bath. So something's up there, but we'll look at that when we get to it. I got some theories on that one. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll dive into that. And, uh, with the ratings being down a little bit, which is kind of surprising for me, but, you look at a couple of the teams that were in the games, and actually, if you look at two of the teams that picked up wins last night, surprisingly, um, you would have thought that Clippers game would have been really a, a game that people would have wanted to see, Lakers-Clippers. But, well, I mean, all, I mean, obviously, they took a bath on the Golden State game because of what went on in the you know. Had nothing well, with the injuries with, and, you know. Yeah, and I mean, that one was out Those of are things that can't be helped. And they were hoping for uh, Williamson to be playing for in the New Orleans game, and that didn't happen. Um, the Toronto game probably would have been a better game if there'd have been some Raptors in the game. There was a lot of reasons why the games didn't quite live up to the hype. But, yeah, uh, but but, uh, but if there was one game that you wanted to see for sure, you would have thought it would have been the Clippers Lakers game. Um, that's just the one that you would assume people would. And again, I mean, maybe people, you know, maybe, maybe there's a lot, there's a significant group of fans that just, uh, I don't know, that just don't want to see LeBron James play on Christmas anymore. I mean, he's been played on Christmas Day like every year. Pretty much, I would, I would think. Um, I said, I'll, I'll find the article and and I'll, I have some thoughts on what the scoop is. Um, Yeah. And I know a lot of people, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, let's be honest, without getting into it too far at this point, there's just a lot of, uh, there isn't a lot of sports options on Christmas Day, but there's a lot of options for other people to just be doing other things that don't involve Well, doing other things with, with family. Yeah. I mean, yeah. some so, people are, some people go to the movies on Christmas Day. I mean, that's a big thing. Um, I mean, even in our area last night, there was a big wrestling show. 
on Christmas Day, uh, All Star Wrestling, which uh, <laughs> I do have a little story from from that, if I may, if that's okay with you. Um, well, let me hold on here. Let me let me check with the clear it with Shackleford. They will allow it. it is, All right. Thumbs, Thank you, Rusty. Thumbs up from him from head's office, Rusty. So, All so, right. Cool. So, so go ahead. Uh, so yesterday we we had this wrestling show. Um, in Madison, where I, I'm a, a member of the team there, you know, I do the commentary and a lot of the uh, a lot of work there behind the scenes. So Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, the NWA Tag Team Champions are in town. They're on the show that night. Well, they're there. Of course, we're all, you know, there's a big group of people there that are working, putting this thing together. So we're all bullshitting before the show. Well, there's a basketball room down. And there's a few guys shooting around. Uh, Casey King was, was there shooting. And uh, shout out to Casey King out there. Uh, let's check him out sometime. Um, Bobby Blaze trainee, Casey King. And then Shane Storm, another Bobby Blaze trainee. A lot of guys just shooting ball. Ricky Morton gets the ball. Uh, Ricky Morton pulls up for a jump shot. I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen. Ricky Morton's got a hell of a jump shot. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't believe it, and it's something that you wouldn't you wouldn't believe. But Ricky and Robert both actually mm-hmm. have decent looking jump shots. I think those boys have uh, done a lot of ball handling in their day. Um, <laughs> Robert every day, but uh, <laughs> if, if the rumors well, are true, it's, maybe it's what they do to to uh, blow off some steam. Well, I Don't mean, yeah. You know, you know, don't need a lot. Supposedly, supposedly, Robert's hung like a horse. Uh, no, no offense to anyone out there, but uh, you know, so he he knows how to ball handle. But um, yeah, I mean, these guys decent looking jump shots. Like I better looking than mine. Whoa, man down, man down. Uh, let's roll a commercial and we'll be right back because I have no idea what that was. Um. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accident, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling one 800 208 9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again get your free consultation at one 800 203 91 Six nine. Stephen P. New answers to your legal questions. All right, sorry about that. Uh, I had <laughs> I had a picture hanging on the wall that fell and uh, scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> Not gonna lie, but I didn't know what that so, was. So you're you're left with our Jesus now. Be Jesus is gone. <laughs> Shut up. But uh. Stephen P. New answers to all your legal questions. He's been in the news a lot lately, has <laughs> Stephen P. New. Taunting. I, I 
going to be politically incorrect here, but I, I got to say it. Stephen P. New, trolling the nerds on Twitter. Absolutely hilarious. It's been fun reading his responses. We love Steve so much. Oh, yeah. Steve is far and above. above beyond, what is the word? Beyond reproach? Is that the yes the terminology that that person should use? Yes, I believe I believe that would be the correct the correct word there, the word choices. But yeah, definitely check out that. Stephen P. New. That guy, uh, man, that guy is great. If you need some help, that's the guy to get to. You know, he, somebody even went after him. Oh, you're, you're just making money off this thing. And yeah, no retainer unless I win, dumbass. Like, quit talking. You know, why do people – I'm, I'm going to go on a small, small rant here for a moment, Nate. Why do people continue to talk shit about things they know nothing about? Why? Enlighten me. Someone, someone, for the love of God, tell me why people. This the guy is a lawyer, a nationally known. What was it? He made the top one hundred greatest lawyers in the United States of America, or something along those lines. And you got these internet morons trying to explain to Steve how, oh, I don't think you understand uh, how this law really works. No, I don't think you understand that you are a moron <laughs> and have not left your mama's basement for 20 years. And, you know, you're telling her. <laughs> just, I, I'm utterly astounded by, like some person mentioned today, well, I don't think you understand pop culture law, Steve. And Steve's like, damn, I didn't know the pop culture law was a thing. I could have put to use my my extensive knowledge of 80s music. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know. That's who, fantastic. Yeah, oh, it's, it's unbelievable. I just don't understand. I mean, okay, you don't like Cornette or you're a G. Raver fan. All right, fine. But, you know, it's the kind of people that would go out and, you know, uh, they just discharged a firearm in their front yard, and there's a cop on the sidewalk, and then they there and look at him. You know what? Yeah. What I, you know, what I do that you know, you can't tell me I can't do that. Yeah, I can, and I'm about to. So, uh, yeah, I just don't understand why people even bother. But you know, I, I've had to learn. I, I've had my share of uh, Twitter battles, and I've just learned. I'm slowly. I'm not done learning yet, but I've slowly learned. It's just easier to just not bother. People are stuck in their ways and they're idiots if they're idiots and if they don't agree with you, they're not going to. No sensible arguments change in anybody's mind about anything these days. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's I mean, you're not wrong. I can't sit here and say you are because you're not. But uh, I mean, I mean it, we, have pe- we have people, Nate, on, who listen to this show who think that Ed Boggess can't dance. And they are dead wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Because <laughs> that man can cut a rug, let me tell you. That man can absolutely shake it like he stole it or something like I mean, that. I believe I mean, that's he, the phrase. I think he's, I mean, he single-handedly put Michael Jackson into retirement, I believe. <laughs> he's why Michael Jackson couldn't sleep at night and had to take all, the, all that medicine. <laughs> oh, Jesus. They had Bogus. Uh, what was the last... Uh, the victory tour? Was that the big Jackson? <laughs> this is it. Ed Boggess. <laughs> oh, Jesus. We need sponsored help. But anyway. By, sponsored by Sheets, of course. Yes, yeah, sponsored by Sheets. Go get your tickets now at your local Sheets. 
Uh, anyway, get a free get a free it. backstage pass if you order two <laughs> orders of tots. But anyway, <laughs> exclusive behind the scenes, never before seen footage of Ed <laughs> eating mozzarella sticks. Yeah, you know. Before we talk about the Christmas games, I do want to say this is the last year, or this is the last episode of 2019. And man, oh man, what a year it's been. Um, almost 80 countries downloading and listening to Wide Men Can't Jump this year. Thousands and thousands of downloads. Yeah, let's, Unbelievable yeah, let's, numbers. Let's not forget Tom Robinson has been missing, found, missing, found, and missing yet again. And he's one of those, man. You, you find him, and you, you got to keep an eye on him at all times. He's, he's like odd, a turtle. You know, how does a man that size just disappear into thin air? It's, I've crazy. never seen anything <laughs> like it. But, uh, you know, we've had some great games. Uh, some new Patreon stuff coming very, very soon, I promise, to all of our patrons out there. It's been an exciting year for, for Wide Men Can't Jump. We continue to grow and continue to – to just, I, I feel like our, our shows are, are just getting good. You know, like we're really starting to find our rhythm, um, Tim, you and I. And, you know, we poke a lot of, we don't really poke fun, but we have some fun at the expense of some of our, our more vocal and more active listeners. And we like to get them involved and get people involved. So, you know, we I love the feedback we get. I believe we're like a, a, a really well-tuned El Debar song. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> gonna get up in the rhythm of the night. Is that the bars, isn't it? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> well, you said we were getting into I'll go rhythm. with it. Yeah, I think it's all the bars. If someone will correct me if I'm wrong, then. Uh, sure, but. <laughs> okay, it's fine. How about, how about Rhythm Nation by Janet Jackson? Then we all know that one. Yeah, we do. Some of us probably know the Rhythm Method. No, no. This show bounced just completely off the rails. It doesn't matter. It's the last but, show. We're allowed. It's the last show of 2019. That's we'll true. never be. We'll we never be on this moment again. Don't. How dare you cut me off in 2019? I'm not how cutting you off. You, how dare you? I would never. <laughs> you know this this. Is, uh, that that was my uh, <clears throat> reading from Scrooge by. How dare you, Nate Bush? Hey, Bush? Anyone? Yes. Anyone? Bush? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bush? <laughs> I'm not cutting you off. <laughs> you would right after Bueller. Alphabetical. Well. But Bogus would be both of you, so join that. Well, Anyhow. anyway. <laughs> Anywho. Back to, back to the hoops. Back, to, back, the, to, back the, to the hoops, indeed. Let's look at some of the uh, the games from Christmas, shall we? All right. The first game okay. of the day, the Raptors and the Celtics. And, of course, the Raptors were down quite a few guys. Kyle Lowry did play. Um, no Siakam in the game. So that's a big piece. No Gasol in Celtics the game either. Too. Celtics too much for the Raptors on Christmas Day. Without Siakam and without Gasol, yes, they were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Fred Van Vliet had a nice game. He had 27. Um, and then out of nowhere, Chris Bosher 
comes out of nowhere. An undrafted an undrafted player who was averaging six points a game comes or is averaging six points a game now after he drops twenty four in this Christmas Day game. So uh, nice play, nice playing the from Celtics, that young man. The Celtics were rolling because, of course, their management is quite excited about the potential of uh, getting a draft pick from Notre Duke next year. <laughs> Jeez. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Celtics, Hayward had 14, Tatum 11, Cantor had 12, Kimball Walker 22, Jalen Brown leads all scorers with 30, and Tatum almost had a double-double, actually close to a triple-double. Daniel Thies, he has 13. I mean, they just were finding scoring from everywhere. Yeah, yeah I mean, normally the Raptors will, when they got their full uh, lineup, they're, uh, they're, the, the game will be close. They'll put in their bench guys, and the game will stay close. Then they'll come back with their starters and bury or Gary or not bury but they'll get the lead and, and hold it. But when they they can't do that right now, they and plus they've kind of used up all their luck in the previous two games where they came back from the. I mean, they set a record, a franchise record for a thirty point deficit against uh, whoever the hell it was. I don't even remember. Um, and then they beat, I believe it was the Pacers the next night when they had no business beating anybody, and they kind of used up their what 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 goodwill they had built up was gone by the time the Christmas Day. Well, around. you know they and they're playing the Celtics. They're a top Eastern Conference team, and they said a decent showing at home, but just the Celtics ended up being too much. Not a lot yeah. you can do there. Not a um, not a not a great game, but not a bad game either. So, so no, no, a good way to start it. Jalen Brown, thirty points on ten of thirteen shooting. So nice day for him. Um, and you and I both took the Celtics. I had taken the Raptors last week when I found out though Gasol and Siakam were both going to be out on the uh, bowl pick'em show that we just dropped recently. I did change my pick to uh, the Celtics. So we well, both got credit honest. for that one. Let's call it what it is. I allowed you to change your Well, opinion. you did. So I get half a point for that, and you only get half for that. Well, I'm still taking credit for it. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, the second game of the day is one that I feel like we're going to talk about for a few minutes. 76 bucks. 21-109. Um, Greek Freak, not one of his better days. Only 18 no. points. Only 18 points for him. He's averaging uh, 29, or th- actually averaging 30, but he only 28, uh, or only 18, shoot. and 14 yeah. rebounds. Could him. not shoot to save his soul on uh, Christmas Day, unfortunately for him. Um, no three-pointers. Eight, what was he, uh, 33%? I don't even think 33% from the floor. Eight of 27. Eight of 27, I believe he was. So he, he didn't have 30% a good... from the floor, O of seven from three. Yeah, he didn't Not a good a, night for him. Didn't have a good game, but then nobody really did for them. They uh, Their shooting was not what it normally is. Well, they did have uh, Chris Middleton had 31 points. He led the way for them. Uh, eight rebounds and four assists for him. He shot pretty well, 55% from the three-point land. Um, but, man, uh, Brooke Lopez had 11. George Hill had 15. And yeah, that's it. 
I mean, look at those field goal percentages, though. You know, look at the attempts. I mean, as a team, they shot as a team they shot forty seven percent from the floor. Yeah, but I mean, ninety five attempts, and the seventy sixers had a hundred and one attempts. Seventy sixers actually shot worse from the floor than the. I mean, yeah, but what did they? What did they do? Well, except their three pointers, they were twenty one of forty four from three. So there's the there's the difference in the game right there. Yeah, I mean that's what it comes down to. They were forty seven percent from three, where. Milwaukee was 39% from three. So but you, you think, though, that's what? 33 and four, 77 attempted three-pointers. It's a lot. Seems like a lot. Particularly when only uh, 30 of them hit the, you know, went in. It's not a very high percentage shot, and yet they seem to be taking more and more of them. Well, I mean... It just comes back to the whole thing where that's kind of what the game has become is you have a lot of guys who are just out there shooting and that's really how everything well, is. Uh, okay, is this, yeah, I mean, is this a stereotypical play in the NBA these days? Bring the ball down the court, penetration to the, to the hoop, kick it out to the wing or to wherever, three-point attempt. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's becoming kind of standard. So how's, who, how long is it going to be before somebody devises a defense to put that to bed? Somewhere there are some coaches working on a defense that will bury that, that play. Somewhere. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, you. it's becoming – more and more of a thing now where guys are just shooting threes, but take a look at Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is a master of the mid-range jump shot. And he gets a lot of work done. He gets a whole lot. Honestly, he gets a lot of work done inside the inside the arc. I, I suppose probably what it's going to take is that somebody who's, like for instance now you take this game, where one team is not shooting threes very well. Um, at some point, somebody's going to stop throwing the ball up. The, I'd like to know if there's a, there must be a stat for how many times on these all these missed threes that they retain possession and get any points out of it. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. You just have to find it. That's a because tough like stat me? to try. To, that would be a tough stat to try to. To keep up with it, it would, but but when you think about it, like I'm just looking, like okay, in the Bucks Bucks Sixers game, besides uh, Jonas, there wasn't anybody who was horrifically. I mean, he was over seven. Um, other than that, the other guys, you know, one or two, uh, o of two, o of one. So you can live with that. But I believe it was the Rockets game the other day where Harden was like one of, I can't even remember. It was a ridiculous number, and you'd think. Well, it might even it might even have been in the it might even have been the Christmas game. I'll just save that until we get to that game. Carry on. Okay. Well, we'll keep looking at some stats and statistics here. Kyle Korver only had three points. I mean, ugh. for a marksman, hell, he was only one of two from three. Um, on the other side, Philadelphia, Tobias Harris had twenty-two. Joel Embiid led all scoring with thirty-one. Al Horford had eleven with ten rebounds. Embiid had eleven rebounds. Ben Simmons. Um, a very Ben Simmons game, 15 points, 14 rebounds, um, only 
went seven of ten from the field. He did not shoot a three to anyone's surprise. Um, first in Corkmaz with sixteen. Not much else though from the Sixers, but a big win for them at home. In fact, um, let's go ahead, Tim. Let's get a call here. Our man Jeff is on the line. What's up, Jeff? Hey guys, what's going on here? I'm watching the end of the Spurs and Dallas game, and uh, the Spurs are down four, but they're on a 13-0 run. Uh, well, and Doncic like is back tonight. Doncic did Dantes... come back. He just missed two big free throws. Uh, mm, that's uh, strange. Anyway, I mean, what, Jr. What are you doing, calling into a basketball show and talking about basketball? What's wrong with you? Hey, what, what's, what's up with that? Huh? How come we're not talking about <laughs> football in the bowl games? The sorry bowl games. <laughs> well, I have to. I have to admit, it's what I've got on the TV right now is the bowl game. But anyway, <laughs> so Dallas did hold on. Uh, looked a little sloppy down the last three or four minutes. And, but uh, yesterday, uh, of course, I was in, impressed with my Clippers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we haven't got to that game yet. But uh, go, ahead, go ahead and give us your thoughts on the first two games, Boston and Toronto and Milwaukee and Philly. We're working well, our way honest, through them. I, uh, I tried watching the Boston-Toronto game, and um, – I got in about, I guess, started a little bit too late the second quarter, and Boston was up pretty big. And I checked back in the third quarter, and they were still up the same amount. And then pretty much I felt like they, uh, I guess they ended up coasting to the win. Well, they win by 10 or 12 points. Or was it more? Yeah, uh, yeah know, it was, ended uh, up 16. 16. 16. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I knew it was in double digits, but uh, I just couldn't remember. But, uh, and then the uh, Philly game, um, kind of, uh, you know, kind of. I think the Bucks had to eat a little bit of humble pie, you know, from that game. Uh, they've been on a big run, and, uh, and well, Philly came to play. You know, if you could only get that consistency out of Philly, uh, you know, maybe they could be challengers. Well, Giannis played terrible. I mean, let's let's be honest there. Or not ter- I shouldn't say terrible. He played bad for Giannis. Those stats for most players is, is fine, but for Giannis, that's kind of unacceptable um, if you think about it. Uh, Philly, Philly plays well at home. That's they a game a that really they get home for. Right. Go ahead. Well, they had a really good first half. The score was 69-48 at the half. Yeah, Philly's really good at home. They are sixteen and two at home this season, uh, seven and eight on the road. So they're a very home-based team. Whereas, I mean, most of your the top six in the in the East, none of them have lost more than four games at home. So they can all protect home court well. But Philly, especially, they didn't lose their first home game until I think uh, late November, early December, when they lost their first home game. But you know, going into Philly, the Bucks had uh, a big game for them. Embiid, that's a guy they can't slow down. They just they have no one that can slow down Embiid. He is too big, too strong. He finished at plus 15 in the plus minus. Brooke Lopez would have been guarding him. He finished at plus five. I mean, I'm looking at, at guys that would have to try and guard him. They got Robin Lopez. Uh, I mean, he's minus 12 in the plus minus. He did not do well at all. Uh <laughs> There's nobody that can guard him on that Bucks team, and he could easily have 30 points 
against just about anybody in the league when he wants to. I think there's nights where he just I'm not going to say that they're lazy, but again, Jeff, like you said, consistency. They they are very inconsistent. Is this Philly team? Yeah, I mean, they'll, and of course, you know, in the playoffs, you can't, can't. That's pretty much what they've done the last two or three years. It's been inconsistent, and uh, I mean, they very well could have won the series against the Raptors. You know, the the shot heard around the world, but. Um, or, or heard around the rim, I guess you could say. But uh, I was going to say, to start the revolution, the Minutemen were ready in a flash. <laughs> Schoolhouse Rock, for those that don't know. Anyway, Jeff, go ahead. But uh, I just, uh, I mean, Philly's great. I mean, when they 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 have the potential to play good, but uh, I mean, there's moments when they're just they're bad as well. I mean, not bad, not like bad, but just not what they should be, you know, and. Uh, in the playoffs, you you, you got a seven game series. It just isn't one game. And like you know, you move on. So uh, if they can develop that consistency, and you think with the uh, with the experience they've had of you know losing in some close playoff series, uh, that they would learn from it. And uh, you know, all those a lot of teams. If you look in the past, a lot of teams have had to lose before they win. You know, the Pistons lost to the Celtics, and the Bulls lost to the Pistons, and uh, the, you know the Lakers lost to Malone and Stockton there a couple of years before they won a, a few. So uh, you know maybe uh, the Sixers uh, maybe they'll turn the tide. We'll see. And, and I'll say that um, the Sixers are just not deep on the bench. Now Cork Moss played well for them yesterday, but. Their bench depth is so lacking, and that's what worries me about them going into the playoffs. Unless they can make some sort of move, some sort of trade to bring in some sort of depth to that roster because they are very, very short in terms of bench depth. And I think they really need to they really need to beef that up. Simmons yeah. is not going to get 14 assists tonight. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And Simmons is not going to score He's not a scorer. He's just not. Even when he gets his little little thing, he's not going to score. He can't shoot. He's a he's a liability. So at the end of the day, I just they're not to me. They're not built to win a title. Well, they'll never survive any type of injury either. Anybody gets that's hurt it. on that on that starting five and they're done because they just don't have the personnel to deal with it. Well, and, and you're not wrong. I mean, that's absolutely right. If they get hurt, if somebody gets hurt, it's it's done. And Joel Embiid is accident-prone um, himself. So, I mean, again, what can you do? You're looking at uh, a roster of guys that um, they're, they're just not – they just don't have that debt. No, I agree. But they did get a big win yesterday, so we can't knock that's them either because that's a huge yeah, win no, for them. Right. It was a big win. Absolutely. I mean, at home, they are a tough team at home. They are going to be a tough – and, again, we're talking about this team like they're awful. I mean, they've only lost ten games the whole season. They're sitting at fourth right now in the the Eastern Conference uh, standings. No, but they're not built for a playoff run. No, I agree. I agree 100%. And let's be honest here. If the playoffs started today, Philly would be playing Indiana. That would be a series that would have my attention. 
That would be one to watch, especially if Oladipo comes back healthy. That would be one to tune in and watch. I mean, the East is better than it's been in a long time. The East, in the in terms of in terms of like top talent, I mean, you've got from one to six, all twenty win teams right now, and then Brooklyn without Durant sets at seven. Um, then Orlando. Then once you get to the eight down, it's you know losing records. But I mean, if when whenever Durant does come back next year, it's a, it's a possibility that the the East could be better than the West, and we haven't said that in a long time. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, I mean, we got to. You might have to go back to uh, the days of, of Michael Jordan before you can say that the East yeah. as a whole was better than the West. So that's something to think about. But Anyway, so that was the Bucks Sixers game. Let's go to probably the most surprising game of the, of the season so far. Uh, the Houston Rockets played the Golden State Warriors in Golden State. Warriors huge, huge underdogs, and of course, they this game was scheduled when everyone thought Curry and Thompson and Draymond would all be playing. Uh, Draymond Green did play for the Warriors, but, of course, Curry and uh, Thompson both out still. Warriors, though, not intimidated by the Harden-Westbrook combo. They get the win, 116-104, to 104, as every starter for the Warriors double figures. What a huge game for the Warriors. I mean, D'Angelo Russell, 20 points. Um, Damian Lee. Yeah, and everybody at home just said, who? Yeah, Damian Lee, undrafted player from Louisville. He's 27 years old, had 22 and 14, or 22 and 15 career highs for him. Colley Stein, 10 and 4. Draymond Green, double-double, 20 and 11. Glenn Robinson third, who um, was drafted by Minnesota years ago, another one we missed out on, 18 and 4 last night. And Willie Cauley-Stein finished at plus 29 in the plus-minus. That's just staggering to me. Big win for the Warriors. What do you guys think about the Warriors getting the win? Because this is the one, if I would have had to place real money on it, I would have took the Rockets all day. What? Uh, how many point underdogs were they? Like 12? Um, I think they were double-digit underdogs. They were they definitely double-digit. the double-digit underdog to win on Christmas, I believe. Sure they might be 13 and a half, honestly. No, 11 and a half. They're 11 and a half point underdogs. <clears throat> well, he's like, I guess goes to say that any given night, you know, he can be beat. Uh, I think I don't think Harden has scored over 25 in three straight games. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. After he had his, you know, he was on a, I think he was averaging 38 to 39 a game. Yeah, he had a. Yeah, twenty four. Twenty four in this game. Let me do a little digging here and we'll uh, we'll get to the bottom of this. He had twenty four um, and he cried like a bitch during half of the game. <laughs> he did. I really feel him. The the Golden State Warriors did what every team should do to the Houston Rockets. They double teamed James Harden. And he didn't like it. Uh, Harden against the Kings on Monday night had thirty four. Maybe at 34. Okay. Yeah. 
But explain what you mean by that, Tim. The the double teaming and you know you were the one that pointed it out to me. Um, I went back and watched the replay, and uh, you were right. Got, Harden was really he whining. he got he got po'd. He there was a couple of plays where he barely crossed center court. He wouldn't get involved in the. He didn't like that they had two guys on him, so he just stood where he didn't even. He wasn't even part of the play for several plays. It was ridiculous. As a teammate of his, I'd have been choked. And then, of course, he was also mad because he only got to the line once. And <laughs> James was used to go in there, you know, what twenty plus times usually, if not more than that. So he, he was not he a happy camper after last He usually got a condo there, at least a condo, a small building, you know, duplex, uh, something there at the line that he kind of just camps there most of the night I mean, when he gets the call. I mean, Houston shot absolutely horrifically. I mean, they threw up 51 three-point attempts. Wow. They, they made more three-point attempts than they did two-point attempts. They only attempted 49 shots from the field. And, I mean, you can't win when you play like – I mean, they were – they must have – I didn't watch this game, I've got to be honest, except for the highlights. But, I mean, 37% shooting and 16 of 51 from three-point range. You ain't going to win. Well, I mean, Harden – Westbrook had 30 and 12. Harden had 24 and 11 assists. And then Clint Capella had 10 points, 11 boards. And then Dan, Daniel House had, um, uh, looks like he had 18. But I'm looking here, Westbrook and Harden combined took 50 shots from the field. Well, and what, is, and what is House Jr. doing throwing up 12 three-point attempts? D'Antoni ball, man. Oh, it's all well I mean, and good if you make most of them, but... Tell me I'm wrong. That's a Dan Tony system. That's what Dan Tony wants people to do. Well, uh, Russell, Westbrook, Russell Westbrook shot the ball 32 times in this ball game. 32. And never made, and never made a three-pointer. He was 0 of 8 from three range. Yeah, 0 of 8 from three, but took 32 shots. That, that's wow. just... It's inefficient. Um... Austin Rivers played 20 minutes. He had six points. Um, ben McLemore, uh, not, not much out of him. It's a two-man show, and they, they've turned it into a two-man show. And I mean, you got Harden and, Harden and Westbrook took literally. This is this is not a joke. They took literally half the shots for the team. But the two yep. of them took 50. The rest of the team combined took 50. And they came, they came up short. I mean, don't think that the league wasn't watching this game. You know, want to know how to stop the Houston Rockets? Tug on James Harden's beard a few times during the game. Get under get his skin. Yep, get under his skin. He doesn't like it. He doesn't respond very well. And they ain't got anybody else. I mean, Westbrook's a good player, but, you know, he, his day, I mean, he's not putting up 55 on you too many nights. And they've got nobody else. He can. But how often is it that a team shoots 13 less shots and beats you? I mean, the Golden State Warriors, they shot 87 shots. They made 41 of them. 
whereas Houston shot 100 shots, and they made 37. Well, they won the game at the line. They were almost 90% for Houston, 28 for Golden State. I mean, they were 90% from the from the stripe, so they, they didn't hurt themselves there. But the Houston Rockets just don't have a – they don't have a great team. They've got – I mean, James Harden is a great player. There's no arguing that whatsoever. But he's – I think he's pretty easy to stop if you really want to. I look at them as a team that they're built to play and win in the regular season. They're not a team that's ready to win in the postseason. And that's been the argument for years because Harden has been to one NBA Finals and he vanished in those finals. He was nowhere to be found. The defense tightens up. You don't get all them flopping calls you got during the regular season. Like he takes or gets a lot of what I consider to be cheap fouls. And he makes the most of it. I'll give him credit for that. But you don't see that in the playoffs quite as much. And he, he's just not successful there. He's gonna have, He's got a lot to do to, to get into, like people talk about him being the greatest of all time, and I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> who, uh, Nathan, uh, I didn't get to watch the game either, but who did they have on uh Harden a lot. Did they have Russell? To be honest, I had a wrestling show yesterday, so all I really caught was highlights. Um, didn't see a lot of a lot of it, but apparently Golden State was doubling. If I had to guess, I would say they put um, probably Damian Lee and probably had some help from Draymond on Harden. That would be my guess. They probably had Collie Stein and Capella underneath one on one. Um, I, again, didn't see the game because you've got P.J. Tucker playing power forward. Uh, you could have Glenn Robinson guarding P.J. Tucker, no problem. Um, I mean, playing small works to the Warriors' advantage for mo- like most of the – when the t- other teams try to go small, that works to their advantage because they are not a big team. Then they never have been, and, and they'll beat you in playing small ball. So, Houston is kind of built to model that, but Houston tries to throw Capella in there, and Capella, since he signed that extension, has just been non-existent um, for the most part. He'll have a good game here or there, but he's not really been much since that big extension where he got a $90 million contract. So, I'm thinking the big deal is um, Capella's underperformed. They're relying more on guard play. And it's D'Antoni ball, man. That's just what they live for. They need a big guy that can operate underneath. Houston was at their best when Capella was really playing well. I remember when Amari Stoudemire was playing for the Suns with Steve Nash. That was when that system worked. If you don't have a dynamic power forward or center that's going to be able to go out there and do what that they need to do, that system just does not work. Right. Like I just, just reading here, they said they had Glenn Robinson – and Draymond Green were on him most of the night. Apparently, they tried to trap him every two seconds when they could get away with it. So that's what—that's basically what they did. You just—you just, you just have terrible to strategy. Draymond I mean, will be part of it. Which I know we all most oh, of yeah. us don't, don't like him, but I mean, you know, he had to be in on the. Uh, and he probably wanted to be in on, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Draymond Green, but I will say he's a good defender because he is. He's a good defender. I can't argue that. 
yeah, that one was a big win for the uh, the Golden State Warriors as they've improved to eight and twenty four on the season. So. <laughs> You know, it might be something to look forward to. I mean, you know, we're not, they're not going to make the playoffs, but, you know, later on down the road or whenever they, say, they look back at this game and say, hey, we, maybe we found something here for the, you know, for a yeah, win. Well, uh, this game matters a little bit more. Yeah, don't, don't think the Golden State Warriors aren't going to remember next year all the beatings they've been taking this year. <laughs> right. Depending on whether their guys come back healthy or not, of course, too, which remains to be seen. And I, and I believe Curry has made it a point that he wanted to play in the Olympics. He um, did. He did announce that at the so, beginning of the year. So, I mean, I'm sure he'll do everything he can to. Um, more than likely. Well, he says he's coming back before the All-Star break. So, we'll see. We'll see what Curry decides to do. Um, a lot of time to, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of ball to be played still. So, uh before we talk about our next two games, let's take a quick timeout and uh, let's talk about things that I've, we probably all love. Uh, titties. Let's hear from our good friends over at StripCampFun.com, shall we? Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to StripCampFun.com. On StripCampFun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you and you can join in on the fun yourself just head on over at stripcamfun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun if you get there right now you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women men and whatever else your heart desires and you can take advantage of the good times being had on stripcamfun.com make sure you get there right now and let them know that wide men can't jump brought you over because stripcamfun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun, be sure to visit right now. It's stripcamfun.com where you can strip on camp and have some fun. Third three. All right. Thanks to our good friends at stripcamfun.com. All right, gentlemen. Next Christmas game was the Clippers and the Lakers. And this was one that a lot of people had circled on their calendar. And the Stars did not disappoint. Paul George had 17. Kawhi Leonard had 35 to go with 12 rebounds. And uh, he led the scoring for them. But, man, how about that plus-minus for Pat Beverly, ladies and gentlemen? Plus 26 for Patrick Beverly in the plus-minus. How about that? Impressive. LeBron James, 23 points, 9 rebounds, 10 assists, 1 rebound shot of a triple-double. Anthony Davis had 24 Kyle Kuzma led the scoring for them with 25. Caldwell Pope had 13 for the Lakers. Lakers fall by five to the Clippers, 111 to 106. So the Lakers and Clippers have now played twice this season. Clippers have got them both times. What's the thoughts on on this matchup here between what a lot of people are saying is going to be a, a Western Conference semis or a Western Conference finals matchup? One could only hope it would be the Western Conference Finals. Um, I, I mean, in my eyes, I'd like to see him in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, Kawhi, I mean, he's uh, maybe this uh, load management stuff's working pretty good. Uh, there in the fourth quarter, they—that's when they made their big run. They were uh, down, I think, eight, eight or nine points, maybe, and they came back and uh, t- 
took the lead. I, I think they ended the game on a double. I mean, they they were up uh, or came back. It was like 23-7, to 23-8 run, correct me if I'm wrong, to end the game. Yeah. Maybe. But uh, anyways, um, I think Leonard is the only one to score, player to score 35 on them, 30 or 30 plus 30 points twice this year. And honestly, I believe the reason why Kawhi Leonard does so well is because of his mid-range game. I talked about it earlier. I think Kawhi Leonard's mid-range mid-range game is absolutely it's unmatched in the league. Nobody else does what he does. Where he he can just go in and then if he gets by you, he can pull up from the foul line, and there's nothing you can do. Um, Sounds familiar. He, Number twenty-three, so yeah, Bulls. Yeah, exactly, and that's something that that Kawhi does so well. And that's something that it's a lost art in basketball is that mid range game. And a lot of people say, Oh, well, statistically it's better to shoot a, to shoot a three than to shoot. Get, get the hell out of here. You can shot. You can get an open mid range shot. You're a professional basketball player. Take the shot and make it. I, I don't want to, I would you rather have a contested three or an uncontested mid range jumper? I'll take the uncontested mid range jumper. The big problem you run into is when you're taking contested mid-range jumpers. That's a problem. So, to me, the things that Kawhi does is just, he's a special player. Yeah, I mean, I think he's the best. I mean, in my eyes, I think he's the best player in the league, and you know, especially two-way on both both ends. And, yeah, uh, I mean, two-way, he's, he's ridiculous. And, uh... I mean, I I think uh, he won, definitely wants to make a point that last year was no fluke, <laughs> and uh, even with like you know LeBron being out and uh, the Warriors being a little banged up, even though they, I mean they played him, uh, it's hard to say what would have happened, uh, even though they were up in the series when a couple of injuries happened, I believe, but um, you know, I. I'm, I'm, this load management stuff is, I think, is looking pretty good, and uh, they seem to know what they're doing. And LeBron, uh, I think he heard he's growing. Is he going to be out a few games? <laughs> There's a joke to be made there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the leftover hernia from packing Cleveland to the finals all those years. Uh, Tim, uh, do you have you heard anything about LeBron's injury? I haven't. I haven't heard much out of LeBron's injury. Tim, are you with us? We may have lost Tim. Um, well, anyway, let's uh, we can carry on for a second here until Tim makes a return. He always seems to. Um, let's see here, LeBron. I'll, I'll look up a LeBron James injury because, um, yep, he's aggravated groin injury. He could miss time, according to this. Uh, according to this, don't know how much time, but. They say he may miss some time. He says, we'll see what happens. If he's feeling well, he'll play. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with LeBron James with that groin injury. So that's Nathan, kind of they a... Lost uh, four straight? Have they lost four straight now, the Lakers, after starting 24-3? and three? Um, I can Give me a second here, and I, I can tell you for sure. They have lost four straight. But yet... 
They've lost four straight, but yet they're still number one in the West, believe it or not. And uh, they're only the third longest losing streak in the Western Conference. Well, tied for third. Sacramento's on a four-game losing streak. The Lakers are on a four-game losing streak. Um, the Phoenix Suns have lost seven in a row. But the worst is the Minnesota Timberwolves have lost 11 straight games. Since the so, uh, delay of game, right? Uh, before They actually lost a couple before that, but they were poised to win that one, but they have not won a game since that. And uh, Tim has returned. Tim, are you are you with us again? I, I took a pat. Beverly needed a groin there, and I was off for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but w- what's your thoughts, Tim? You you brought up this earlier. What's your thoughts on this game? And go ahead and talk about the uh, the ratings because you said the ratings for these games were kind of down. The Christmas ratings were, like I said, down. I believe they said twenty five percent across the board. And 10% on the LeBron game of the day, as they're calling it. Um, and there was a lot of talk about why. Did you Have we got down to the uh, last game yet? Not yet. Should we go to the last game and then yeah, talk let's, about let's, it? Let's do the last game and then we can get into the reasons why the viewership is down. All right, well, the last game of the night, the New Orleans Pelicans pick up a surprise win over the Denver Nuggets. I was surprised, at least. Um, man, there's some young talent on, on on New Orleans. I mean, Brandon Ingram has really shined this year since leaving L.A. He's averaging 26 points a game with seven re- – or 25 points a game with seven rebounds. Yeah, that's impressive. That might be the best and I didn't thing know that ever happened to him, maybe. It is. Get away from L.A., uh, yeah, I think that was really beneficial to him. It has been. He's turned his career around. J.J. Redick had 15. Drew Holiday had 20. Josh Hart had 16. Lonzo Ball even with double figures. He had 10 for the Pelicans as they pick up the win. Um, each one more had 10. Wow. So a lot, a lot of work being done by these Pelicans. Um you know, and they still don't even have Zion back yet. So, a big win for them. Denver, Gary Harris had 15. Jeremy Grant had 17. Mikel Beasley with 13. Jokic, 23. Barton had 10. But the most disappointing of all of this, Jamal Murray only had eight. And uh, Paul Millsap had zero points in this game. Um, wow. That's, that's disappointing. For Denver, those are two guys that's got to show up. Jamal Murray, who, who's normally money, Jamal Murray, but he did not have a good game last night in the Christmas game. So, ah, uh, that's just uh, unfortunate for Denver fans, but a big win there for the guys from New Orleans. What's your all thoughts on this game? What does what do you think we we saw from these two teams? What's got to happen? We talked about Brandon Ingram, of course, what he's done. What's your thoughts? Um, I, I mean, I was surprised, too, that they went to Denver. Denver's a tough place to play. and uh, Absolutely. You know, maybe this is a sign, too, that the Pelicans or these guys are growing pretty good. I don't, what's their record now, Nate? Did you know right off? Are they, are we uh, the playoff? 
right now. Nope. The Pelicans, nine, no. Nine and twenty-three. Yeah, they're they're uh, not doing well. They're I mean, actually that was, man, there was, the that was kind of a. I mean, tell you what, they're they're the Warriors kind of overshadowed their their win in a way because. That was a big spread, but you know, an I eight twenty three team going to Denver. I mean, play, uh, the two the two lowest teams, the the fourteenth seed and the fifteenth seed in the West both won. Where the one, the two, and the four all lost. If that tells you anything, of course the one was playing three. So, but the two lost to the fourteen, and the four lost to the fifteen in the West standings. If that tells you anything about Christmas Day. Wow. While I think that the the West there's good teams and then there's teams that just aren't as good, I think that any team in the West can honestly beat any team on any night, and and that's what this showed to me. What did you think about the win, Tim? Yay, Pelicans! <laughs> Gee, Tim, thank you for the thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> I was out for some deep. I don't know. I didn't watch the game, so I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. I, I'm surprised. I don't know how you couldn't be. Uh, I'm pretty, sure I picked, pretty sure I picked Denver to win, so I'm not happy about it. We but, both did. But, uh, you know, say la vie. All right, go ahead, Tim. Let's hear. Let's talk here. Let's talk about the ratings are down. Why are the ratings down? Let's 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 hear well, your theories here. Okay, well, there's several theories, and I'm picking a lot of this up as off of. Uh, there's a lot of guys going at it on Twitter today, so take it for what it's worth from the Twitterverse. But some of it rings, I think, is grounded in some good logic. A couple of reasons. Uh, it used to be that it was the only thing they had to worry about was other sports. And on Christmas Day, they always had a freebie, right? But that's not the case anymore. There's With social media and all the things people can do these days, watching TV, you know, some people will do it, some people won't. And they definitely won't watch. I mean, when if you're a basketball fan, there was a time when you watched every game on Christmas Day. You would watch them all like you would bowl games or NFL games on Thanksgiving. And they don't think viewership has changed. They don't think people do that anymore. Uh, Second thing, a lot of people don't like that the games have become free throw, three-pointer contests. Nobody plays defense or very little. Um, The games aren't that exciting compared to what they used to be, according to the average fan. The hardcores love it, but hard to get anybody to start watching basketball um, when they are how some of them go these days. Uh, third, third reason. Uh, basketball has become a player sport as opposed to a team sport to a lot of people. They're not watching to, to watch uh, because guys don't stay on teams forever anymore like they, they once did. You know, Michael Jordan was synonymous with the Chicago Bulls. You know, if you were a Bulls fan, you were a Jordan fan, vice versa. You got guys dancing all over, forming super teams and all this sort of stuff. And for a lot of people, they they just lose interest. And the last reason was that for the last four or five years, it's been the Golden State Warriors show 
And if you weren't a fan of Golden State, you might have tuned out. And there's so many other options, you just didn't come back. And then the last one, which I don't agree with, but the last one that a lot of people were talking about, is that uh, the NBA angers a lot of people with their, um, particularly with the China episode, and that a lot of people didn't like that they appeared to bow down to their Chinese, to their Chinese overlords, if you will. So that was the that was the discussion. I'll say this. I'll say, and, go ahead. Well, go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I you know, out of those four, I would rank probably in my eyes, I would rank number three. His third reason uh, why viewership is down. Uh, I think I told you all there a few weeks ago. I heard Kenya Martin was on Colin Cowherd show. He talked about how the NBA's became a buddy system. You know, uh, hey, if you go here, we'll go. I'll go with you, uh, or we'll. we'll try to figure out it's a, more of a players type deal uh, you know uh, a lot of the players can pretty much get what coaches they want and tell what coaches need to stay or which ones need to go and uh, cough cough LeBron uh, <laughs> but I mean and, and you know and he was saying too like you don't have like franchise players. I mean, like LeBron, whenever he retires, you're going to, I mean, most people's going to associate him with the Cavs, but there's still going to be those people as well. He won more championships with the Heat. He had the decision. Then he went out to LA. I mean, he's going to be associated with a few teams. People's going to be turned off, you know, with that. And people are. Another thing is, um, the bad part about it is this stuff is working. These, I mean, these teams are playing well. The ones that's like uh, Leonard going to the Clippers, uh, uh, Westbrook going to the Rockets. I mean, they're the two seed. There's a three seed. LeBron and Davis got together. There's no controversy right now either. I mean, usually, you know, there's controversy, you know, brings people's eyes to the TV more than the news more. But uh, there's no there's no real controversy. Well, do you think basketball has become a little bit soft? Like over overall, there's no bad boys anymore. Or if there is, they're very quickly slapped down and you don't, you know, Draymond Green goes off every now and then. But there used to be, that was a daily occurrence back in the day. You know, with the bad boy Pistons and the, whoever was up on top, they hated each other. And you like don't have that. He was, yeah, you're right. Dennis Robin, you know, he was a polarizing figure. I mean, yeah, and they, he got nobody, all the Chicago Bulls. And, I mean, these uh, guys, they sh- they shake hands before the game. They're talking to one another during the game. They pat yeah. each other after the game. Like, I don't know. I think, at least for me anyway, the um, the intensity level is not there. And you're right, too, uh, Tim. Scoring is up. I mean, I've you mean. Know, Team to score in 130s, 140, you know, 140 points. There's no defense. Uh, well, look just, at this. The Christmas games, nobody scored. Everybody was in triple digits. Yeah. Every game. Now, you don't mind that when it's – like I said, that I can live with when the game is hotly contested. 
but quite often, I mean, and I don't know, it maybe just is the sign of the times, I guess, but, you know, and Tom used to complain about it all the time. Nobody follows their shots to the hoop anymore. They shoot, everybody watches, there's a pretty, nine times out of ten, there's a pretty simple rebound, and down the court yeah. we go to, to look at it at the other end. Uh, the, I mean, the game has changed, I guess. Whether it's for the better or not, I guess, is open to argument. But, like I said, I mean, the uh, the Clippers-Lakers game drew 5.8 million on TV this year. Last year, the Lakers-Golden State game pulled in 10 million. So, say what you want, but that is a pretty big shot for, you know, somebody somewhere is going to notice that. Because advertisers are certainly going to notice it. And they're going to go, well, I'm not paying. I'm not going to give you what I gave you for 10 million fans when I'm only getting five. I think a lot of it has to do, and I will agree, the formation of the Golden State Warriors and the super teams, and now we got to stack teams. And, every, and free agency is almost killing the NBA. Small market teams just don't really have much of a chance at the moment unless they build through the draft. And then let's be honest here, a lot of teams, they build through the draft. And once they build, they get these players that are right on the edge of their prime. And then they leave and they go to these super teams. I mean, look at how many teams it happens to. I mean, let's be honest here. You don't see the Charlotte Hornets getting a superstar and really being able to keep them, right? Unless they're in contention for a title. It doesn't happen unless you find the rare player that wants to play in a small market. Damian Lillard likes Portland, but they can't get anybody with it. That's been their issue because they're not a big market. Look at Toronto. I mean, Toronto is a big market, and they had all the money in the world for Leonard, and he still wouldn't go there. Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of of players, and, and this, for my team especially, the Wolves, a lot of players, weather is a factor. A lot of players, like, why would I go play in the freezing cold when I can go sit on the beach sure. in Miami? And I get yeah. that. But at the same time, there used to be loyalty teams. Like, I mean, Jesus, Carl Malone and John Stockton stayed in friggin' Utah for how long? Um, and they want. it almost felt like to me they wanted, these players wanted to get better they wanted to make their teams better, but now they're well, not so much interested in that. Now guys are saying, well, this they're not giving me anybody to make my team better, so I'm just going to go over here and play with these other two all-stars. Well, did it, did it swing from ownership really not giving a shit about the players to now players don't really give a shit about ownership? I'm going to make yeah, my I, money. I, I think I think so. To some degree, I think anyway. so. And the NBA is trying – the NBA is trying to, to get, get players to stay with these Supermax deals and, and things like that, but players are turning them down. It's backfiring because players are saying, look, I've got all the money I could want. Like, okay, this team could pay me an extra $40 million. Does it matter whenever I can go over here and still make $100 million even without the extra forty? I mean, well, it's the, not really the salary, helping. The salary has become, I mean, it's a big number. But let's be honest, the, the big, big players make more money on endorsements than they do on their salaries. Exactly. So that's exactly. not a driving 
or not as big a factor as it once was. Do you think it hurts that two of the perennial, uh, not necessarily powerhouses, but two of the biggest markets, two of the most rabid fan bases are what once were, uh, both have shitty teams and have for quite a while in Chicago and New York? Yeah, I mean, it's surprising. I well, mean, it Knicks, just goes to sh- It would be good Go for the league if the Knicks weren't so bad. They don't need to be winning titles, but, you know, they can't they can't put the Knicks on TV anymore. Nobody will watch. True. They won't. And it's the biggest market there is. Tell them, Jeff. Yeah, you don't even watch them. Who, who can blame them? I mean, they, I, yeah. they won tonight, but, <laughs> I mean... Well, no, I, yeah, I'm, yeah I, I'm not throwing any any shade on that. I'm just saying that with the league, uh, I don't know. Like, I got to equate it to hockey because that's what I know best. The league makes a concerted attempt to keep the big market teams relevant, however they can do it, because it does nobody any good if, like in hockey, it's Toronto, New York, Boston places like that. Those teams need to be good because that's where the people are and where the money is. And if you can't, you know, it used to be the New York Knicks were going to be on TV at Christmas. Now, hell, they Madison Square Garden, their own channel doesn't want to put them on. They're so bad. That's bad. It's sad, but it's but I mean, some, I mean, the league in hockey, they kind of would go, all right, Mr. Owner, you're not really towing the line here, and you better get with it. You know, if you want to own an NBA franchise, you got to quit. Hire a general manager and a coach that know what the hell they're doing and try to make this team at least decent. And that's a lot of the problem in New York is that ownership doesn't care. Right. They And they don't they don't take responsibility for mistakes either, and there's well, yeah, decisions are not to go there. <laughs> they don't make any basketball decisions there. They make either monetary ones or stupid ones, but none of them are really done with making the team better because they aren't. Well, so. well, one thing that I will bring up is it has to do a lot of times. It has to do with drafting, and 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 drafting is a huge thing for the league and you gotta draft right. And I'll tell you what, we're gonna take a quick quick commercial break here and then when we come back we're gonna talk about every team in the league and we're gonna talk about something really interesting I think. I think that we're looking at an interesting time, especially with the draft, but we're gonna talk about the best and worst draft picks of each NBA team. And uh, I got kind of a list here that talks about who drafted who, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll be right back after this with our friends from Stay Classy Meat. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. 
make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meats that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, Stay Classy Meats is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. And a big thanks to our sponsors at Stay Classy Meats. Everything you could want meat-wise. Hey, Nate. All right. uh, I wanted to What's touch up? on something just before we get started. Uh, something else uh, Tim brought up about uh, why ratings might be down. You know, the fourth one he talked about was the thing with China and the, the Hong Kong protesters. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't – there are some – I mean, I've talked to some fans or people that watch it. I know that uh, I see a lot that – they kind of treat that like the NFL, like people treat the NFL uh, like the players. The not Colin Kaepernick situation. Yeah, you know, that and people not standing up for the national anthem. I mean, there are some that. I mean, I don't know how much percentage, but they there people. I've talked to people. They feel like that was a like a, 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 you know they compared it to that situation. And uh, people, I mean, to me, those people are looking for a reason not to watch. Yeah, they said the big one was a lot of people were upset because LeBron made a point of speaking out about issues, whether he was right or wrong. But then when the China thing rolled along, he had nothing to say. Right. I think he he said more he needed to be quiet or something of that nature, didn't he? He said, "Well, yeah." Well, what what could he say? I mean, his Nike contract. Right. You know, he couldn't really say much, but but it, well, I mean, let's be honest, that is hypocritical on his part to scream about it's injustice in our in your country, but it isn't anywhere else. Right. <laughs> so, but anyhow, enough of that. Go ahead, man. All right. Well, let's bring it up here. We'll start from the top. We're going to bring up each and every team here their best draft pick according. This is a sports drop article that looked at this, and this was released earlier in the, the year. But I, this is something I think we could look at here, especially with – because we're all the time talking about teams drafting, teams tanking for drafting. And we didn't have any uh, actual correspondence this week with the holidays. So this is a little fun here I think we'll look at here. I think you guys will get a kick out of some of this. We're going to start with Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta actually drafted Bill Russell. But he never played for them, actually. But by drafting him, he counts as their best draft pick ever. Uh, he won 11 titles in 13 years with the Celtics. That'll probably never be duplicated. Um, but their worst draft pick, according to this article, John Connick. And if you guys remember that name, you can feel free to jump in. <laughs> um, he was seven foot tall and could run 100 feet in a straight line and was going to be a top-10 draft pick. Uh, and the Hawks took him at fifth in the 85 draft. And his claim to fame ended up being him being nicknamed John Contract for how much money his contract cost the team. Uh, here was four players taken within the next eight picks uh, that they could have taken. Chris Mullen, Detlef Shrimp, Charles Oakley, and Carl Malone. Is this, they passed on is this uh, down to first-rounders? I, I believe so, yes. Okay. 
Boston Celtics. This, this one should be pretty what? easy. Uh, best draft pick for Boston. Who do you think? Larry Bird. Yeah. Absolutely. Larry Bird. Not much else to say about him. The worst, according to this article, Jeff, one of your boys, Joseph Forte. Oh, yeah, left, that was left, left North Carolina, was the 21st overall pick, and was taken in front of Gilbert Arenas and Tony Parker. Whew. And, uh, yeah, he only spent two seasons in the NBA, and he stayed in the D-League a lot. So, not much out of him. Brooklyn Nets. According to this, the third overall pick from 1981, Buck Williams was their best draft pick. All-star game, all-NBA team. Pretty good years, but uh, one of the worst picks for them, Dennis Hobson. Third pick in the 1987 draft. He played at Ohio State. Here's some of the guys that uh, the, the Nets passed on here. Uh, there was a guy named Scotty Pippen that they passed on. Reggie Miller, Kevin Johnson, and Horace Grant were all passed up by the by the Nets. Charlotte Hornets, best draft pick. Uh, Kimball Walker, according to this article. Would you all agree with that, Kimball Walker? I always, I always thought maybe Zoe might be. Maybe. I mean, there, there's some arguments there. There's some good ones. Um Larry Johnson, maybe if he, if they draft, I can't remember if they actually drafted him or not. Technically, they drafted Kobe Bryant, so you could honestly say yeah, Kobe did. Bryant. But uh, good point. They traded him for Body Divock. <laughs> yeah, well, Kobe refused to play in Charlotte, so he pulled an Eli Manning. Um, but anyway, the worst Charlotte Hornets draft pick, according to this, Adam Morrison from Gonzaga. Adam Morrison um, was. Yes. I would agree with that. Tim? Uh, he was worse than George Zinnick? Uh, this is, George this, Zinnick is this article. You, George Zinnick, you say, who is that? Good question. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, you, I mean, say Zinnick may have had more productive years than Morrison. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, may he have. Have. Let, me, let me check out his stats first. Because he didn't have to do much to be better than poor Adam. Yeah, Morrison didn't do a whole lot. Uh, he was taken in front of Brandon Roy, Kyle Lowry, Paul Millsap, and J.J. Redick. However, Adam Morrison does have two championship rings with the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> so, yeah, well, earn not give. George Zidick played so little that they don't even give his <laughs> stats. He has no stats here, so I, I, I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> Chicago Bulls, uh, the GOAT, Michael Jordan, clearly their best draft pick ever. I mean, Oh, come on. What about the Canadian powerhouse, Bill Wennington? Oh, God. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, the worst Chicago Bulls draft pick. You guys could probably see this one coming. Go ahead, Jeff. You probably know. Probably Eddie Curry. Eddie Curry, absolutely. 2,007 foot tall, strong as an ox. They thought they'd found the next Shaq, and, uh, ugh. oh, boy, he was not the next Shaq. <laughs> he, said, oh, uh, boy. he worked out at Krispy Kreme instead of in the weight room. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron James. I mean, that's pretty much given there. Uh, worst draft pick. 
Anthony Bennett. I remember this. This was probably one of the biggest number one busts in history. Unplayable rookie, averaged 13 minutes a game. He was so bad, the Cavs gave up on him after one season and threw him into the Andrew Wiggins trade for Kevin Love when LeBron came back to town. There wasn't really a good draft. It wasn't a good draft class. Uh, I remember them. I remember, um, I forget what year that was. It was. uh, I think it was 13. Was it 13? uh, I'm looking here. I'll tell you what, we're going to get there and look. I think it might have been. Cause was that twenty? Was that twenty fourteen? Maybe, maybe. Uh, okay, it was twenty. I think it was twenty fifteen actually. Cause Wiggins went the year before. All right, let's go twenty fifteen here. Um, no, that was Carl Anthony Towns. I'm at twenty sixteen, was it? I think it's too late. Oh yeah, yeah, it's definitely too late. All right, might have been twenty thirteen then. Let me go back because, man, Cleveland had, like, every number one pick there for a few years. I was kind of PO'd about it. I was like, this is getting this kind of rigged here. Okay, yeah, 2013, Anthony Bennett, the number one pick. Let's take a look at some of the guys taken in this draft. Um, let's see here. Bennett goes one. Oladipo goes two. Otto Porter, three. Cody Zeller, four. Alex Lynn, five. Nerlens Noel goes six. Ben McLemore, 7. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, 8. Trey Burke, 9. This might be, uh, here's one of the better picks. C.J. McCollum goes 10. Michael Carter-Williams at 11. Steven Adams, 12. Kelly Olenek, 13. Shabazz Muhammad, 14. And here's the uh, the steal of the draft. At 15, the Greek freak, Yanis Anistikumpo, gets drafted. Yeah, so. Um, not the, Rudy Gobert goes 27. Uh, Dennis Schroeder at 17, Gorgie Jang at 21, Tim Hardaway Jr. at 24, Reggie Bullock's in here, Alan Crabb, Glenn Rice Jr. Uh, you know, decent players, but obviously Giannis was the, the star of the show in this draft. He and C.J. McCollum, so. But, yeah, Anthony Bennett, number one overall. Ugh. Dallas Mavericks, best draft pick, Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, that's pretty yeah. Well, I think the uh, Bucks drafted him, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but they traded for him on draft night, so I think that's the argument there. The Bucks did uh, draft him, and they traded for him. Um, then, according to this, the worst draft pick was Randy White. Um, he came out in 1989. Didn't he play football for the Cowboys? <laughs> he played for Louisiana Tech. The eighth pick of the draft, well, Randy White. Uh, here I'm pretty sure Randy England. White was a middle linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, for the Cowboys. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, probably not this guy, though. Uh, you know, in five years, if we revisit this, it might be Luka Doncic. Very well yes. could be. I mean, very well could be. But Sean Kemp, Vladdy Divock, Glenn Rice, Tim Hardaway, Mookie Blaylock, Clifford Robinson, Nick Anderson, Sean Elliott, all taken in this draft, as well as Randy White. All right, Denver Nuggets. Dikembe Mutombo, arguably their best draft pick. Um, eh, I would argue Carmelo Anthony um, on that one, I think. But, um, you know, arguments can be made. Let's... This is a name here, and, oh, my goodness, this guy was from the country of Georgia. 
with the number five pick in the draft, the Nuggets took Nicolos Tishavili. That's a that's a name. T S K I T I S H V I L I. So forgive me. Number five pick in the draft. He. That was O two. Number fifth pick in the draft, and it ended up being one of the biggest busts in recent memory. Never averaged four points a game and didn't even play double-digit minutes any after his rookie season. He shot 30% for his entire career. Woof. He's probably right up here with Darko. Well, hold on. Speaking of Darko, (laughs) Detroit Pistons. (laughs) Detroit Pistons take Isaiah Thomas as their best overall draft pick. Uh, Worst? Darko Milicic. Uh, let's not let's not forget that Darko was taking one pick after LeBron James, and uh, before Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade. But yet the Pistons took Darko. Oh my goodness! Everybody, <sighs> and everybody said they were making a mistake that they could have easily drafted any of the the, the other four or the yep. other three after LeBron, and and that you know that year. The year before, they had won. I believe they had made it to the finals or won. Or they won the title. I think they won the. They either they either won the title the year after this or something like that. Like they were, they won a title in that area. Oh man! You got to wonder who was in charge of scouting. Joe Dumars was the one who made the pick, so it was really surprising. I tell you, it's a bad pick. Uh, Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry, their best and their worst, according to this article. Joe Barry Carroll. Whoo. Yeah, that's not very good. Um, well, the Philadelphia fans may cringe reading this one as the Warriors made a big move before the 1980 draft, trading up from number three to number one for Joe Barry Carroll. They. They moved up only two spots. The trade cost them a young, talented center named Robert Parrish. The Celtics oh, dropped from one to overrated. The Celtics went from one to three and drafted Jeez. Kevin McHale. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, the I mean, Carroll so wasn't bad. He did average 17 points a game, but. Yeah. That's not no Kevin McHale or Robbie or Robert, Robert Parrish. Houston Rockets, Akeem Olajuwon, their best draft pick, clearly. And here's a name, ladies and gentlemen. 14 picks after they draft Yao Ming, they take Boschan Nakbar. Ooh. Ooh. They take him at 15. Ooh. Ooh. Great international player. <laughs> God. <laughs> Averaged less than 15 minutes a game in three seasons and was traded for basically nothing. Indiana Pacers, Reggie Miller's their best draft pick. These are Those are kind of a... The best picks are kind of obvious for most of these teams. The Indiana Pacers, though, Rick Roby. Ooh, my goodness. The number three pick in the 78 draft, he was uh, at the University of Kentucky... He started only 46 games in eight seasons, averaged 7.6 points for his career. How do you spell his last name? R-O-B-E-Y. Oh. Okay. 
So no no relation to the Miami Dolphins uh, punter from years gone by. Red, Reggie Roby. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Look at the old man pulling names out. Look at that. Yeah, I love it. Well, according to this, he didn't last long in Indiana. The Pacers shipped him out on a trade in his second season to the Celtics, a team that had picked three spots later in the 78 draft. They also had taken a player local to the Indiana, some guy named uh, Larry Bird. Indiana had the opportunity to take him and pass him up for Rick Roby. Larry Bird. Uh, But there was a lot of controversy around that Larry Bird pick, though, because they picked him... Before the before he came out, yeah, another out. year left in college. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah, good player, but you know, not very clutch, not Larry Bird. No, <laughs> L.A. Clippers' best pick, Bob McAdoo. McAdoo gets a little little love there, and their worst pick. Oh my God, oh, the Candy Michael Man, Michael Candy. Michael Oliver Candy. Oh, the great <laughs> White. Oh yeah, I, I even I know that name as being on a list of absolute oh, failures. Man. The Candyman shot under 44% for his career despite being seven foot tall. The Clippers had nothing to show for the number one pick in a draft that they could have gotten Dirk Nowinski, Paul Pierce, and Vince Carter. Ooh. Antoine Jameson was in there, too. <laughs> yeah, he was. He, Antoine Jameson was underrated. And so was Rashad Lewis, damn it. I said it. Yeah, uh, the Lakers could have went a lot of ways here, but, of course, they go Magic Johnson is the best. Um, so, yeah, I, I could see that. Their worst pick, though, Sam Jacobson. His career Ooh. summary on Wikipedia says he has a grand total of 21 words, saying literally Who nothing more than the fact he was taken by the Lakers in the 98 Who, draft. Who drafted uh, Kobe Bryant? The Lakers. Well, technically oh. the Hornets did, but they traded Kobe on draft night. So. Okay, what about, what about uh, Kareem? The Bucks. Bucks drafted okay. him. Alright, alright. Fair enough. Alright. Memphis Grizzlies best draft pick. Michael Conley. Mike Conley. Not a bad pick there. And uh boy, we might be able to guess their worst draft pick. Jeff, any guesses? Uh you asked me too quick. <laughs> Memphis uh, Grizzlies. They, they oh, maybe it was a well, I won't say uh their franchise well, might have been Brian Reed. It'd be big country if it's yeah. If we're getting if you're counting Vancouver. Yeah, I'm not yeah. counting Vancouver. Uh, well, according to this, Hashim the beat. No, it's Ooh. big country. Yeah, big country was horrible. Yeah, I, I agree. Big yeah, country. well, there you go. The franchise. Uh, according to this, though, Hashim the beat was selected second in the 2009 draft, right behind Blake Griffin, and uh, they passed on a guy named James Harden and Steph Curry. To take Hashim to be. Oh, that hurts. Yeah, yeah. That's, oh, don't worry. Really, we passed on Steph Curry that's twice. That's a stinger, boy. We passed on Steph Curry twice in Minnesota. I can't wait to get to their team here. Hmm. Miami Heat, Dwayne Wade, their best draft pick. Can or I, I cannot argue that. Worst draft pick though. This one was this was a guy I thought was going to really turn out and really didn't. Michael Beasley, out of Kansas State. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. He really, he was the number two pick in 2008. I thought he was really going to turn into something, but he never did. So Beasley deemed, uh, he was a salary dump, and he's still bouncing around the league to this day. A lot of potential there. 
Milwaukee Bucks, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, man. Oh, this pick. Ladies and gentlemen, how who could forget the, the Milwaukee Bucks with their worst pick? E.G. Jeline. Oh. Ooh. E.G. Lazine. Yeah, E.G. Lazine. The three-point machine. Oh, boy, this guy was bad. <laughs> was, must be, I've was, never heard of him. This so. was after they found <laughs> Yao Ming. They found Yao Ming, and then they're like, we got to get us one of those. <laughs> it did not pan out. Whew. All right. Time for my boys, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Kevin Garnett, obviously. Every um, pick they've ever made. And then the worst pick ever. You know, I, I don't agree. I don't agree with this. Other than the fact that Steph Curry was taking it, the, the next pick. Johnny Flynn. I really don't think that's. I really don't think that's um, the worst pick. I think Rashad really Vance might be. I think Derek Williams was. Yeah, that was he was. That, I mean, he Cleveland was, number, was thinking about taking him at one. So you're right. He was the number I two pick. He was terrible. Yeah. Like I, 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 <laughs> I don't agree with it. Johnny <laughs> Flynn. I will say this: Johnny Flynn was not good, but he he <laughs> was okay. In turn, like if he hadn't gotten hurt, Johnny Flynn could have been all right. <laughs> I think. You know your franchise sucks when there's a bigger fight over your worst pick was than who your best one was. Yeah, you make a point. And you know, Jeff, we might revisit this in five years oh, and say, hey, Carl Anthony Towns might take over Kevin Garnett's spot there. You never know. Yeah, well, Wesley well, Johnson. He, for what he does list. in Minnesota, he, he may. Right? I mean, if Minnesota ever gets their shit together and wins anything big, he'll be better well. than Garnett. Garnett really Wesley. had to leave to win. Well, Wesley Johnson could be on this list as well, but we won't get into all that. New Orleans Pelicans, Chris Paul, their best draft pick. Can't argue that. Zion Williams, uh, I can't argue it, and will. <laughs> New Orleans Pelicans' worst pick, Kirk Haston. Ooh. No, I absolutely loved him. <laughs> 16th overall pick. They take him ahead of Zach Randolph. Aston averaged 1.2 points per game in his career and only played in 27 games. Ooh. What, a pro, what, a, what a prolific scorer. Sounds like my uh, church league statistics. Uh, the New York Knicks. Walt Clyde Frazier is their best pick. I don't know about that. Patrick uh, Ewing? Uh, I, I take you with one. Yeah, I got to go with Ewing as well. They, they might be giving him more weight where he won a couple championships. But yeah, maybe. I was going to say, still, I I gonna say they, did, they did win some titles with him, though, so there is that. But uh, you could argue Bernard King. I think you could argue Bernard King, too, but I think I'd take uh, Ewing over both of them. Uh, worse, though, now this one, now there's a long list here. <laughs> well, there's a bigger fight over this one than there will be for the Timberwolves. <laughs> well, here's here's... Here's who they have listed. Mike Sweetney. Is the uh, I, that's who I was going to say, actually. Okay, well, they're not wrong. <laughs> well, this no wrong the, the Knicks had him and took him at number nine. And uh, they should have had uh, this guy probably look at. He, uh, <laughs> well, his his weight hovered around 300 pounds, for, and that's not good for an NBA player. <laughs> By any stretch, well, yeah, they had especially one under six ten. Uh-huh. 
Rough pick. Oklahoma City Thunder, previously the Seattle uh, Sonics. Kevin Durant as their best pick. That's probably true. Um, their worst pick, Olden Polynice. They traded the fifth pick in the 87 draft to move down a few spots to select Olden Polynice. I think they My had goodness. a chance to get Pippen, or they may have drafted him and traded Pippen, maybe. Maybe. He's a 15-year veteran that bounced around the league, but it's only the Sonics that missed out on the hunt. Oh, they did trade away Scottie Pippen for that pick. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, man. Okay, but but in all honesty, though, how often, like, we say that and we moan with the, uh, because we can, we've got hindsight. How great was Scottie Pippen coming out of college? Good enough to be taken at number five. Okay, I, yeah, no, okay, I'm not saying he sucks, but I don't, I don't, I don't recall Scotty Pippen coming out with the flair of, oh my God, this guy's going to be one of the greatest players to ever play. I don't recall that. I don't, I don't recall that. So, you know, you can the shit on him. Yeah, yeah. The the story I always heard was he was actually like a manager, and he started playing with pickup with the guys and. They offered him a scholarship. I think he went to Central Arkansas State. He did or, get to Central like, Arkansas. And, uh, it, I mean, he became their best player. <laughs> it's really kind of like a Rodman-type deal, too. Uh, I, I think their career is kind of parallel when it comes to that. So, kind of yeah. wild. It is. Um, all right, let's move on. Orlando Magic. Ah, Shaquille O'Neal. No question. Nothing you can do with that guy. Um, their worst, according to this, Fran Vasquez. And this guy was a Spanish big man. Uh, they took him in the 11th pick in the 05 draft, but couldn't even convince him to come over. He chose to stay in Europe and is the all-time Spanish leader in blocks. <laughs> <laughs> you draft a guy and you just convince him to come play. I guess that would make him the worst. Not good. That's kind of funny. Oh, man, that's good. That's good. All right, let's move on here. Philadelphia 76ers, their best draft pick ever, Allen Iverson. Can't argue that. That's uh, you know, Philly's had some good ones. No, um, I will argue all day he, long. Did he play the Wilts? The Wilts? Did he play for the Sixers? He did, but I don't know. I think he came over from the. Uh, did didn't he come over from the uh, the ABA? Maybe, Maybe. Have. or he, he played, have. or did he play for the Warriors first? Yeah, it might have been Philadelphia. Yeah. Or the okay. uh, yeah. Anyway, okay, I'm not sorry. sure. Either uh, way, uh, worst uh, Bar- pick. Barkley would have to be up there too, I believe. Markley was a good one. Uh, there, there's been. I mean, you can't. I don't know. If you can count Dr. J. He came over from the ABA, so not sure. Um, well, according to this, the worst pick for the Sixers ever was Markel Fultz. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think that that's going to be true. I don't think he'll be the worst pick by them for their organization. He's actually turned it around quite a bit this year. Oh, 
was the best thing that happened to him. Um, for now, we'll go with it, I suppose. But um, they did pass on Jason Tatum for him. So yeah. I mean, in 2002, they took some guy named Yuri Welch, who I've never heard of. Six, <laughs> 16th overall. I mean, yeah, not very good either. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Phoenix Suns. Uh, Phoenix Suns best draft pick, uh, Steve Nash, according to this, the Canadian wonder, and the worst pick. Yeah, and and you know what? I'll aim in this one. Dragon Bender. God, this guy's awful. <laughs> why? I have the no Robin idea. Bender. Yeah, I don't know why they took him at number four. <laughs> Just like. Yeah, in oh, relation man. to that uh, robot off of uh, Futurama. You mean Bender? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Nathan, I think there was a – going back to the Pacers, they took a, a bus named Jonathan Bender. They expect the big things out of him. I believe it was the Pacers. And, uh, I've heard Pop. the name. But, uh, yeah, that was – they thought it was going to be maybe like, you know, Kobe or whatever, you know. Jermaine O'Neal, yeah, he, for a long time, he thought he was going to be a bust, but he ended up being having a good year, uh, career. Jermaine O'Neal, say what you want. He's got a hell of a right hand. Ask him in uh, ask him in Detroit about it. But, yeah, uh, Dragon <laughs> Bender goes four. Here's some of the guys they passed on. Uh, Buddy Heald, Jamal Murray, DeMontis Sabonis, just to name a few, Malik Beasley, Karis LeVert, yeah, so, Pascal Siakam. DeJounte Murray, so Malcolm Brogdon. So, yeah, they kind of uh, missed out on that one, taking Bender. I couldn't. I never did figure out why they took him. All right, Portland Trailblazers, best draft pick, Clyde the Glide Drex. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. Tough to argue. Ooh, all right. Now, here's, here's where the debate might come out. There's two guys that immediately leap off the page. It's, which guy do you think is the bigger bust? Sam Bowie or Greg Oden? Ooh. Oh, yeah. boy. That's a whole bunch of bad there. <laughs> and they also took LaRue Martin in 1972 at number one. Sam Bowie. But that's the problem with that is who they they took him before Jordan. They did. Well, they took him before Jordan, and they took okay. Oden before Grant. But didn't so. Oden... Didn't didn't he have a whole pile of injuries? Yeah, that's so did why Bowie. He sucked. Okay, I don't know Bowie, but hmm, that, that they, uh, could go. That could go either way. A quick story: The Trailblazers GM asked Bobby Knight uh, during the Olympics in '84 who he should take. He said, "Take Jordan. If uh, they take a larger one, Houston takes a larger one." And they said, well, we need a center. He said, play Jordan at center. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't wrong. No. Um, The the funny thing about that is, I don't know if anybody's ever watched the the top five reasons you can't blame Portland for taking Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan. Uh, That was a show that used to come on ESPN all the time. Um, Apparently, to decide who got the number one flip or the number one pick, they flipped a coin that year because I think they had like identical records or something. 
two of ten. Who's going to get the first pick in the draft? The Blazers got the call it, right? So right. they're flipping the coin, flipping the coin. Um, the guy, the I don't know if it's the owner, or the general manager, or whatever. He flipped the coin that day, and he flipped it a bunch of times. And the last time he flipped it, it landed on tails. He called tails. It was heads. They take Elijah one. Do Houston? He takes Bowie. Then Jordan goes to Chicago. So. Okay, well, I'll, There's that. I'll throw this huh. out there after looking. Also, Charles Barkley and John Stockton were in that draft, too. Sam Bowie played 511 games in the NBA, and Greg Oldham played 105. So, I'd say Greg Oldham has to be the bigger bust. Greg Oden, if Greg Oden was healthy, we, we'd be talking about how dominant he was because that guy in college took Ohio State to the NCAA Finals by himself. And I yeah. will always say that. It's hard to believe that he's only 31 years old right now. He could still yeah. be playing. He could. He looked so old, too. <laughs> when he was in yeah. college, he looked like he was 35, 40. Yeah, you're not wrong. He was a brute. Sacramento, best pick for them. Paige Stojakovic, worst pick according to this. Purvis Ellison. Nervous what a Purvis. name. Uh, guys that they passed up on. Let's see if uh, they say where he was taken. Uh, 1989 draft. He missed over half his rookie season with injuries. Was injury played for his whole career. They passed on Sean Kemp, Glenn Rice, Tim Hardaway, Vladdy Devok, Cliff Robinson, Mookie Boylock, and Sean Elliott. Ooh. San Antonio Spurs. Tim Duncan is their best overall draft pick. Uh, you could argue the Admiral there, I think. But Duncan did fine. Um, their worst pick, according to this, Al, Al Frederick Hughes. 14th pick in the 85 draft, uh, played 12 minutes, almost 13 minutes a game for one season, and washed out of the league. Um, yeah. So he was just there and then gone. One one season in the league, and that's it. He was gone. Hmm. Very interesting. All right. Thanks for the conversation, guys. Toronto Raptors. <laughs> Vince Carter considered their best overall draft pick. That may change in a few years with Pascal Siakam on the rise. Uh, according to them, the worst, and uh, I'll have to agree with this one. Who do you think? Who do you guys think would be the worst uh, draft pick for the Raptors of all time? Trying to think back. Ah. Well, let's get to it. <laughs> Andrea Bargnani, 2006 oh. num- number yeah. one overall pick. And who? <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Bad pick there. There you go. Yeah, I can't, can't argue that one. <laughs> no. Utah Jazz, Carl Malone. As their best pick, I will not argue with them there. And then, according to this, their worst pick, Trey Burke, was the, their worst pick. Which honestly, well, they did they did take Burke in the draft that had Giannis in it, so uh, maybe. But yeah, Burke did not go well there. 
Um, and finally, our last team, the Washington Wizards, Wes Unseld is their best overall draft pick. Kwame uh, Brown, that's be the biggest. And Kwame Brown, the worst. <laughs> Good call, Jeff. Uh, Kwame <laughs> Brown becomes the worst overall draft pick for the Wizards. So, well, there we go. That's some of the uh, the best and worst of each team. Just, huh, and there's a lot of bad in that list right there. So I thought that was a neat little segment, and you guys added a few in there that, that I would agree. And, just, and, you know, we all talked a little bit about some of these guys. So uh, it was a fun little idea to look at and to talk about the uh, – just to, to kind of talk about the, uh, the and, and good and bad decisions made. Always fun to look at. Huh. Your thoughts, gentlemen. Uh, like I said, there was you know there was a few arguments. Portland's was uh, Oden and Bowie. I don't know if there's a wrong answer on that one. Uh, just depending on how you look at it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it depends on your views. Uh, Tim, any thoughts from you? He's still here. I don't know if he's still on or not. I don't know, Tim. You still with us? I don't think he is. Uh, well, Duncan and at the Admiral. Uh, yeah, you can argue that one as well. I mean, there, there's Duncan there's quite a few where they won championships when he got there. So, yeah. Um, I mean, there's just there's so many to look at, but we got one more timeout to take before we call tonight. So, we'll get to that timeout right now from our good friends at Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game systems, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. And that's our good friends at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. And we thank you all for tuning in this week to this edition of Wide Men Can't Jump. I think we've got Tim back with us. Tim, are you still Tim, you're still here, right? I am in the house. Awesome. Awesome. So Jamie, thank you for joining us here as we'll be wrapping up this edition of Wide Men Can't Jump. And uh we hope to have you back on. We'll talk some more hoops soon. Oh it's uh always fun to be on here with you guys and I like I said I liked your little best and worst picks that was pretty interesting. So Yeah, always uh, good to learn. Well, we appreciate you coming on, and we hope to talk to you. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. You too. Take it easy. Later. Well, Jeff has gone, and uh, I do want to do one thing, Tim, before we wrap it up tonight. 
2019. You didn't think I was going to leave 2019 without a Bush League, did you? Of course not. So, Tim, head on over to Twitter where Bush League is ready to go. Let me know when you are ready, my good friend. Scroll down and we'll start at our bottom bottom video. Are you ready? I'm sorry I missed that. What did you say? And I lost Tim again. Well, <laughs> Tim's been having some issues tonight with some power flickers, so that is something we have kind of struggled with here. He he should be rejoining me in a moment. Once he gets here, we will we'll wrap the show up here. But I do want to get to Bush League, and I can't do it without him. So he'll be joining us in just a second. But I thank you guys so much again for listening to the show while I wait for Tim to jump back. Uh, it's been a great year, and we hope to have uh, many more ahead of us. And uh, you know, White Men Can Jump continues to grow all the time, and we're really enjoying it. We're hoping everyone's enjoying the show. We hope you guys uh, are are liking the content, and uh, we love it when you get involved. We love hearing from you. We love talking to you. So find, follow us on Twitter at Wide Jump, and you can follow us online at uh, WideMenCanJump.com if you head over there. I'm going to try and get a few articles left up here soon so just uh head on over tim you back let's try this again all right are you on the twitter page i am i never left I, that was blog talk it made a god awful adam what is it nothing go go. all right admiral Schofield throws the ball into the corner and it goes way into the crowd as uh that one, he wasn't even close Whoa. on that one. Even he had to chuckle. My goodness. Mm. Tries to throw it to the corner and throws it to no one. Not even remotely close. What is he doing? Auditioning for the role of starting quarterback somewhere? I'm going to say, Dak Prescott, look out. Admiral Schofield's coming for you. Show uh, the deep ball there. Absolutely. Admiral Schofield, you know what that was? That's Bush. Bush League. You hear me? Uh, you hear it, but uh, oh. our next nominee, uh, Robert Covington, Robert, Robert Covington. Uh, the Wolves needed this these points in a bad way in Portland the other night, and Robert Covington, after uh, Portland gets loses the ball, Covington goes for a layup, and whoop, there it goes, right out of bounds, and they turn the ball back over and just slipped out of there like he had had uh, – popcorn or something like somebody said something and he thought he was like stole that ball or something and dropped it like yeah stop it it, it (laughs) (laughs) robert covington okay i didn't have one of me (laughs) robert covington that uh that was definitely i mean that is bush league that was bush league and finally our last Bush League nominee for the week, Marco Bellinelli makes poor Ja Morant, the number two pick, just uh, he falls down. And that boy's ankles were broke, broke, broke 
Bellinelli gets it, fakes it, passes, takes off, and Morant goes down. Bellinelli comes back, drains the shot. Ooh. And then he, he, did he get – I can't quite – did he get hooked a tiny little bit on that one? No, no? he didn't. <laughs> no, he just fell. He tried to stop and couldn't stop. Well, that's just and, not yeah. good. I mean, he should have got called for a foul before that anyway. Yeah, probably, but uh, Jean Morant, that that right there, you know what it was. That's Bush League. Ah. Yeah, that's That's Bush League. That sums up my my fantasy league team because he's on it, and there you go. You know why I don't do well. (laughs) Tim, who's our winner of Bush League this Uh, week? Nate, I'm going to have to end the year on a high note. It's going to have to go to your boy, Covington. That is just... That was bad. There's just there's just no there's just nothing. No excuse. Can, yeah, you just can't explain that any other way except <laughs> that you just had a brain cramp and yeah, there's just nothing. There's just nothing well, else you can say about it. Well, congratulations, Robert Covington. You have won a free dance lesson from Ed Bogus. So go check it out, and maybe you won't drop the ball out of bounds anymore. So that, ladies and gentlemen, has been Bush League for this week. And that'll do it for Bush League for this week and uh, for the year, and we are all out of time. Thank you guys again for listening to the show, and thanks to our great sponsors. They've been great this year. Steve P. New Law Offices at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfund.com, Atomic Comics Collectibles, LLC. Check their Facebook out. Stay Classy Meats at stayclassymeats.com. Thanks to all of our wonderful sponsors. Tim, it's been a great year. What say you? I don't know, Nate. I'm feeling very Tom Robinson-ish right now. I booted well, myself you've been having some technical I, issues. I, I, and... Well, no, that time I did it myself. X <laughs> out the wrong window. I cannot tell a lie. Uh, yeah, old, fat, old man, fat old man fingers got me on that one. Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you what, it's been a great year. We've had a blast. And, uh, man, this show has been fun as always. And we're sorry we had to come to you on a uh, late, late Thursday night. But uh, we wanted to get some Christmas game talk in there for you. So, uh Back to Wednesday next week, Tim. We're back to recording. We'll record on New Year's Day, and uh, all is well in the world. We'll be back. And and I'll tell you, I have it on very good authority that the uh, primetime players and Ed Bogus will be back next week. um, All right. Primetime players and Ed Bogus can't wait. And, uh, man, it's getting close to Bogsy season, so we're looking forward to that. we will also probably see – an in memoriam to TR. Oh no! Uh, yeah, well, a lot of his uh, celebrity friends, you know, Tom being a big big name in, in the, in the uh, entertainment industry. A lot of his, uh, I, I I hear that it's akin to We Are the World. Oh my God! <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to hear it. I tell you that so that anyway, sounds fun. This is what I know at this point, so we'll, we'll, you know, we'll stay on top of that story. Well, I can't wait, and I know you guys can't wait for us to shut up so you can listen to your next podcast. So thanks again for listening this week. 
Check us out on all of our social media platforms and everywhere that we love to be found. Twitter, Facebook, etc., etc. Tim, it's the final word from you on the year. Send us home. Good night, Ed Boggus. <laughs> Just Ed Boggus. No one else, huh? No, no one else is listening. No one else is listening. <laughs> it's not true. It's very true. Good night, Ed. Good. Good night. <laughs> Good night, John Boy. Goodbye, Nick Hoff. Thanks for listening to this broadcast on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash wide men can't jump for more exclusive content only available to our Patreon members. You can find this program and others like it on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Just search wide men can't jump. Thanks to our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. Stripcampfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, located at Facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, and Stay Classy Meats, where you can check them out at StayClassyMeats.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Follow us on Twitter at WideJump, and be sure to keep up with all the content that's being posted there. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Wide Men Radio Network.